How's it going guys? This is CryptoBud here for today. In this video, I want to talk about the macro picture. Why is it that crypto is the way it is right now? And um, this actually is a very common question that we had a couple of months ago of whether cryptocurrency was in a bubble. And the simple answer to this is yes, it was. And yes, it is. Um, it was one of the most speculative bubbles, I think, that you can probably think of. Now, in the past, cryptocurrencies, to be fair, has had a lot of bubbles. In fact, Bitcoin has had these massive runs various points in time. To call this one one of the many bubbles, I think, would be more of an accurate statement. What I want to talk about here today is um, how is it that we got here and more specifically, what is it going to look like in the next three or four years for, for uh, cryptocurrency specifically? Now, for those who are here who have been in cryptocurrencies for at least five to ten years, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that this is actually one of the many uh, bubbles that we have. Also, I'm going to characterize this uh, mania as speculation. This is not investments. Um, the reality is that we do have, we did have, and we still have a very, very speculative piece in cryptocurrencies. One of them being that literally people didn't read white papers, literally people threw money at everything. And we had a lot of projects that are still considering to be questionable. There's a lot of fraud in the system. And more importantly, there's a lot of froth in it. Now, rather than debate here whether it's a bubble or it's not a bubble, let me explain how we got here. And more importantly, what we can learn um, about what happened this past year to prepare ourselves for the coming years, which I think it's going to be a continuation of many more bubbles to come. Cryptocurrency um, as an asset bubble and specifically how that looks like. Uh, we're going to reflect a little bit about how this bubble reacted and specifically how it's going to move in the future. The one piece of news that we've seen in the financial media has been the creation, what are called the fund, the federal funds rates. The federal funds rates has been slowly increasing in the last couple of months and especially uh, going into from 17 going into 18. And, uh, you know, if, if you kind of take a look at the picture here, I think it's pretty clear what's happened uh, under Alan Greenspan from 1987 to 2006. Um, we've been having a up what we'll call a rise and fall of interest rates and uh, for those of you who may not know what federal funds rates are it's basically the interest rates that the Federal Reserve lends out to uh, other companies uh, and specifically banks uh, on borrowing money so they can pump into the economy so pretty much is the interest rate they charge now what's interesting about this is that my thesis is that the monetary policy really dictates how money moved now in regards to crypto this really affected crypto in many different capacities because um, going into 16 17 and 18 what we saw was a very very um, loose uh, monetary policy meaning that the fed basically gave out free money to a lot a lot of companies and individuals and credit cards uh, and credit was really easily available so if you take a look at alan greenspan's run uh, that will actually ended with the dot-com bubble. So uh, during 2001 and 2003 and 4, that really kind of was the speculative internet mania that we now know as the internet bubble. Moving over to Ben Bernanke, which was from 2006 and 2014, we had a couple of different bubbles, one of them being the gold market and the other one being real estate. And under Ben Bernanke, we also saw 
a basically a, a change in interest rates that I think was a very, very critical that led up to the digital asset bubble that we see today. One of them being that they lowered interest rates from uh, 2008 all the way out to 2015 and began to rise at. Now, for those of you who are not aware of what that really means, basically what it comes down to is this. Whenever you lower the interest, lower the interest rates enough, money is actually very, very cheap to acquire. Uh, if you kind of think about it, when you get lowered interest rates, you pretty much can pull out credit cards um, at a lower interest rate, can pull out loans, et cetera, et cetera. The idea here was from 2009 to 2015, they decided to do this to jumpstart the economy. Now, every single time, and I, I've seen this time and time again, every single time they lower the interest rates, it usually leads to some sort of bubble, of, a, of an asset bubble, what they call it. In 2001, 2006, the rising interest rates uh, eventually led up to the real estate bubble. Now, remember the interest rates are a lagging indicator. So really what happened was by the time they start raising interest rates from 2004 to 2006, the housing market was already heating up. And that was because they lowered the interest rates from 2001 to 2003. Uh, in 2007, when they began to cut the interest rates, we literally had um, from 9, like I said, to 15, almost a 7-year, uh, 6 to 7-year period where interest rates were floored at um, under 1%, which I think and I believe that that eventually led to the digital asset bubble because there's a lot of money to be sloshed around and that money had to go somewhere. Now, obviously, things all have gone up. Um, real estate has gone up. Stock markets have gone up. Cryptocurrencies have gone up. So the reality is that there was a lot of money that was thrown around in these last couple of years. And now that we're facing a changing environment where interest rates are now moving higher, the big question you want to ask is how is that going to affect crypto and more importantly, how is it going to affect the overall asset prices of everything? Crypto is actually the first one to fall. We haven't seen really the fall in real estate yet uh, or the stock market. Uh, in fact, gold and real estate or uh, gold and crypto are probably the only two right now that have had their bubbles kind of deflated for uh, for a while now. Gold being, you know, being deflated for, you know, at least four or seven years already. Uh, while crypto just got deflated in just the last couple of months. So let's talk a little bit about how this is going to play a role. Now, one thing I always see here is that when I track for commodity prices. Now, if you if you are aware, the gas prices have gone up in the last couple of, of months. In fact, crude oil prices have uh, gone up to an all-time high for 18, blowing out 2017 and 2016 prices. Now, this is not a coincidence because as a lot of the money that was being created in the last seven years, now you're beginning to really see it in the economy. And usually this kind of signals some sort of inflationary um, event or some sort of event that may trigger um, either economic growth or can trigger an inflationary um, you know, uh, policy. And we don't really know where that's going to lead to. The last time we had this oil crude price um, spike up was back in 2011, which was it went up to actually 2007, which was, again, coincidentally, it was a real, start, real estate market, um, which moved up to crude oil to about $140 a barrel. So the, the question you want to ask here is, you know, we see these indicators are coming up right now. How is it that they're going to be affecting overall asset prices? Now, Remember that crypto just came off of a massive, massive bull run. In fact, I've, I've never seen such a bull run in my life in terms of prices. Not even gold, not even the stock market hit that fast in that period of time. Obviously, the stock market went up uh, on a dollar value market cap wise. The stock market was a lot higher during the dot-com bubble. 
But in terms of speed and in terms of ICOs and money, this is actually something I've never really seen to this capacity. So this begs the question is, as commodity prices begin to rise, how does that overall affect the asset price for crypto? And so let, let's talk about that inflationary event or economic or hot economic growth that I'm looking at. Now, let's kind of travel back in time a little bit. In 1990 to 1999, the Nasdaq experienced one of the largest, if not the largest, stock market bubble that we've ever seen in the United States. Um, obviously, that came off the backs off of a lot of economic policies that came before that. So if you were during this period, if you were trading stocks like I was at that time, uh, you saw that the Nasdaq rose to a high of 7,000 and then collapsed um, all the way down to 2001 to actually it fell all the way down close to the, you know, I'd say about 1800. And one of them that really caused this bubble was the demise of what are called the IPO market, very similar to the ICO market that we saw. So again, drawing parallels to both markets. In both markets, um, in, in the NASDAQ specifically, you had fraud and two companies that came to mind was Enron and WorldCom. At that time, there was a lot of companies coming out with accounting irregularities, uh, blatant off stock manipulation, insider trading, you name it. Uh, Martha Stewart was at some point indicted uh, during that period also, a little bit later, obviously. But uh, you get the point. If you were in that market, you based, it was very similar to what we had today in terms of the ICOs. The only difference was obviously they were deemed securities and there was a lot of blanket fraudulent activities happening. I like to call it the period of what we'll call misallocation of capital because in, in addition to the fraud, in addition to a lot of the problems that came with it, there was a lot of money that was being thrown away. Um, and, and the biggest example I like to give here is like Super Bowl ads and whatnot that came out at that time. There were overnight millionaires like we see right now in the ICO market. A lot of people made a lot of money in a short period of time. Uh, founders right now, as you guys already know, in the ICO market are making millions of dollars off of promises for white paper. And at that time, there was overpromised technology that really wasn't ready to go. With the exception of a few, few companies, back then there was a lot, a lot of companies that were promising more than they could actually deliver. And what happened is the market eventually corrected and we saw that there was a crash and that, that eventually washed everything out. Now, the NASDAQ and the crypto markets, in my opinion, are very, very similar. In fact, I think they're pretty much two sides of the same coin. The difference between one and the other is one of them occurred early on and the other one obviously occurred today. But both of them are have very similar pieces. One of them obviously being that uh, they actually focused on technology. Crypto also focuses on technologies. Internet was the in thing at that time, just like blockchain is, etc. So if you study the Nasdaq price bubble, you can see that there's a lot of price actions and even correlations to exactly what we see. Now, one thing I want to mention that out of this entire Internet bubble, what came out of it, was a massive, massive move right afterwards. So not to discount the bubbles, but the bubbles eventually lead to greater adoption and maturity in the space. All right, guys, well, I'm going to do part two in just a bit. So if you're interested about how this is going to continue, make sure you click on the next video. Uh, thank you for listening for part one.